When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keeping an eye on Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams is today is the first day the Packers can franchise, place the franchise tag on Devontae Adams. And then there's a team that, well, actually this team won a Super Bowl around the same time that the Packers won their last Super Bowl. The New York football giants, who also uh, need some watching this offseason, keep our eye on them. Joe Shane, the new GM out of Buffalo, right, wants to build around, well, build around. It's not exactly the right word. He, Joe Shane um, is going to find out about Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones this year to see if they are building block type pieces. And what else are they going to really do? They're both under contract. It's not like the rest of the team is ready to bring in a star quarterback and then win, right, and then trade all their assets. doesn't make sense. Might as well find out about these guys. Can Saquon stay healthy and revert back to his rookie form where he was just spectacular? Can Daniel Jones take a step forward and go from, yeah, I suppose he's kind of a starter to a really good player? He's very talented. I don't have to stick with Barkley and Jones, but... Seems like it's the right thing to do with how the team is currently built. Quote, I don't want to purge the roster because we still want to find out what Daniel Jones can do. We want to find out what Saquon can do. We got some good pieces on defense. The fine balance, the fine line is cutting players that can really help you win, but also got to get under the salary cap. Then you're going to have the draft picks, Shane said. Key, what do you think? I think he's approaching it right. Um, When you think about Daniel Jones or you think about Saquon Barkley, they're not finished products. They're, they have incomplete grades. Um, so you got to f- kind of figure out what they are. And for a new head coach to come in and all of a sudden the cupboard is bare because you decided to completely remake things, you won't have success in doing that. What if Saquon Barkley returns back to – the Saquon Barkley of old. And what if Daniel Jones, all of a sudden the light turns on and he looks better than he's ever looked? Now you got something. But on the flip side of things, if those things happen and they give you that that free agent one-year wonder type thing and all of a sudden they get ready to hit and then they turn back into pumpkins a year later, you can be in trouble. So you got to know what you're looking at when you make decisions on them. You see, Key, I'm a firm believer that the Giants just need to stay focused on filling their needs right now in the offensive line and defensive pass rush, right, to get the most out of what they have right now. And I think that's set up very nicely with the two top ten picks in the NFL draft. Um, I think as it relates to, you know, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, just because you get a new job does not mean that you need to be a person that comes and says, I'm going to shake everything up right now. Take a buffer year. See what you actually have implement a new style, see how Daniel Jones responds, try to see if you can increase his 
trade value, or he might be the quarterback that you thought he could be. Give Saquon, like, actually give this team a legit chance. Saquon has had injuries for the last several seasons. Like, see if you can have a season where he's healthy, and then evaluate this team on where it is once you address the other needs, and then see what that package is, and then make moves. Yeah, most teams, most uh, front office executives, head coaches, when they take over a team, they don't do a complete overhaul. They they take that first year to see what it is. Mm -hmm. Because, again, if you look up and Saquon Barkley turns into Saquon Barkley from his rookie season, you got something. You got something. Dave will don't forget from, you know, if he likes Daniel Jones. Like, Saquon Barkley, running backs, they come and go – even when they get the bag, it's not the bag like when a quarterback gets it. Those are that's the real decision you have to make. Mm-hmm. Dave all likes Daniel Jones if he sees something there because Josh Allen had tremendous raw talent, right? But he was a raw product when when the Bills got their hands on him, and year over year he got better and better and better. It was like a best case scenario. Maybe he sees the same thing in Daniel Jones. I just don't see, Key, what was the alternative, right? Like, realistically, what responsible thing would you do here? It's not like this is a quarterback-rich draft class. It's not like um, there's some easy move to be made at quarterback, and now your team, you're a Jimmy Garoppolo away from contending, right? No. That's not the Giants. So what are they supposed to do? But the crazy thing is he didn't say that he would not add another quarterback to compete with Daniel Jones. Sure. So – they're still, in my opinion, the Mitch Trubisky's of the world is still there. You know, and free agency starts doesn't mean that they're not going to go and get a guy. You know, there's a Marcus Mariota floating out there that will be a free agent. Trubisky, you know, it's just I've been there. I've done it. I've seen him. I like him. He was with me in Buffalo. We understand we signed him from Chicago he really made some improvements throughout the course of the year and practice and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, they bring in that competition. So but, let's not let's not forget about that. But see, Key, I, I understand Max's tonality when he says that because it's so familiar to me as a Giants fan, right? Like, in reality, what was he supposed to do? And what I'm trying to tell my brother Max, fellow Giants fan, could have done a lot. There could have been a lot of things that – Somebody could have tried to do. Okay, that's right? a good point. Like, but like, that sounds like a scoring Giants fan. Like, oh, well, you know, it's almost like, well, we no, won, no, no, no. We're, we're doing this by default because what else are we really supposed to do? Like, well, being patient and practicing those type of measured movements and strategy, that's good. That, that's well, a good thing, Max. That, that's a good point. In other words, I'm like, well, any competent person would do that. And you're like, hold on, Max. We have a competent person. We have a competent person, <laughs> yes. at least, or at least they're not so incompetent Thank that they you. would screw this up. That You're right. That's a step in the right direction. Yes, That's it a is. a step in I the think, right I direction. Know, I, think, I, think, I think the Giants are in good hands. When you come from a winning formula and you've learned from positive winning people like a Brandon Beam, and I'm just speaking of the general manager. When you've been under Brandon, and I know Brandon very well from the Carolina days, um, when, you, when you're around that, it just rubs off. How many times have we seen people come from winning organizations, go to organizations, and they win too? Quite often. Quite often when you, when you follow that recipe. But when you decide that you're going to be a tough guy and – you're not going to follow that same recipe that you learned from and you alter it, that's when you get yourself into trouble. Mm. So, meantime, 
they do have these top draft picks. And if you want to find out about your quarterback or your running back, it might be a good idea to develop a real offensive line, right? I understand that has to do with line coaching and development and all that, but the Giants have two high first-round picks. They also have their second-round pick. They have multiple picks in, in certain rounds. This is supposed to be a deep and excellent offensive line class. If the Giants are serious about finding out about these guys, they got to run block. They got to pass protect. I'm very interested to see what they do in this draft. Did you know you can listen to Keyshawn J. Willemax commercial free? That's right. You can listen to all your favorite ESPN radio shows and much more without the ads on TuneIn, the best audio app for sports fans. Just download the TuneIn app to get started. Every time they would announce another name, I didn't even get an opportunity to, like, rejoice in the player that they had named. It was like Gary Payton. I was like, wow. And then Jay Kidd showed up, and then AI showed up, and then it was D-Wade, CP, and Steph. I was like, I was just, I was tripped out. All right. The NBA, in its 75th anniversary, has its top 75 NBA players ever. 25 years ago, they did their top 50. It was a big thing to be called top 50 for like in the last 25 years. And I suppose it's going to be a big thing to be called top 75 over the next 25 years till they get to their top 100. So a player every year on average of the NBA's existence. And you got five positions. If you, st- I know it's positionless and everything, but you know, traditionally five positions. 75 players, so you figure about 15, on average, 15 from each position. doesn't have to be exactly like that, but what are the issues with the 75th anniversary list? Does James Harden belong on the list? Should AD be on the list? He's at 71. And why isn't Dwight Howard on the list? And should Dwight Howard be ahead of AD? And why isn't Clay Thompson on the list? Jay, what's your biggest gripe with the list? Biggest would probably be um, Dwight Howard. I used to think when you think about a three-time defensive player of the year, an eight-time all-NBA player, uh, only Dikembe Mutombo and Ben Wallace have won the NBA Defensive Player of the Year award more times than Howard with four, and neither of them were top 75. But I, I, I think that Dwight Howard, an NBA champion, should be on this list. He, he's also offensively, man, the way he played, he was a dominant player with the Orlando Magic. I felt like they had a miss on Dwight Howard. I also feel like they personally had a miss on Kyrie Irving. I know Kyrie Irving comes along with a lot, but still a, a guy that made one of the biggest shots in Cleveland's only NBA championship. In, in NBA history. In NBA history. Yeah, in NBA history. Right? Um, a wizard with the ball, a guy who's a perennial all-star. Uh, Kyrie Irving is definitely uh, – Kyrie Irving might make a case for a top 35 when it's all said and done. I don't know why he's not on the top 75. Key, what yeah, about they, you? They certainly, uh, Jay, missed on Dwight Howard. I don't know how that happens. I, I, I think Dwight Howard has a goofy reputation, and I think that that probably played into them missing on him. Um, you know how it is, man. When people vote on these things and do things and put people together, they look at sometimes they look at your character, and if they don't like it, they scratch you off the list. And I think when you talk about three-time defensive player, eight-time All-NBA, led his team to an NBA final. They didn't win it, but he led them there. He was the leader of the team. He was the reason they were in 
the NBA Finals. Um, so when you when you look at that, you say to yourself, he b- belongs on his team. I scratch my head because, you know, Clay Thompson's not on it, and I'm like, damn, how you how how you miss on Clay? Clay is one of the the main reasons that Golden State was cooking the way they've been cooking throughout the years, and you you miss out on. Um, these guys, but you add AD. I mean, AD is relatively young, right? He's still young. And has he ever led a team to an NBA appearance or an NBA final? I know he was a part of the LeBron James championship in LA, but over, I guess we would say over Dwight Howard, right? I mean, that's that's who we would probably say he's over Dwight Howard because they both are bigs. Yeah, I think I think um, the Dwight Howard thing is. I think there's an explanation. I agree. Dwight Howard should be on. Certainly, he's one of the top fifteen centers of all time. You, probably top ten, and maybe not tenth either. But I think this is what we're dealing with Who's with in Dwight front Howard. Of you? Mark Eaton. Who centers? I mean, <laughs> uh, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Not in that order. That but like those are for joke, the Hakeem Olajuwon. He's joking, Max. He's Moses joking. Malone. Max, this is how I love joke. basketball debates because so, it gets so heated, Key. Yeah. So, I love so, it. So here's the thing about Dwight Howard. Number one, there's recency bias. And there's also stuff that exposes you after you're in your prime. I think once the back went out, he was a little bit exposed offensively. Not deep, but offensively as a guy who was relying really on his physical gifts more than skills in terms of scoring, which is fine in your prime. That shouldn't disqualify your prime. But I think people start to read into that in terms of what kind of player are you but really. How, but, but how long do you want him to play, though, man? Yeah, yeah, you're the right. Man, no, 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 I'm with the you. man was an eight-time yeah. All-NBA, led his team to an NBA It's final. also instructive to – From high school. Yeah, it's also and exactly – We're not even talking about a dude that went to – College. Yeah, it's also instructive to look at where he is perceived in his day, right? Dwight Howard was perceived as a perennial top five NBA player at his best. Very few players ever are like year in and year out considered, rightly or wrongly, top five to seven, let's say. However, Anthony Davis was at least perceived that way for a while. The other thing I think that works against Dwight Howard is the modern day, the modern era is so shot dependent like three-point shot depend if you can't shoot it even if it didn't count against but you then they counted against Max, you now it's people on the 75 that wasn't part of the modern era jay so how does yeah, that work they, against I, most I, of them I, probably I, shot better than dwight howard look man shaquille Neal didn't shoot the ball well and i know he was Shaq. okay but you act like dwight dwight is still a dominant player i mean he's not as, i'm not saying he's as dominant as Shaq. i'm not arguing he should he be a off dominant the list. player i think he should yeah. be on the list i i i think here's here's where it becomes challenging you have a lot of old-time players that get a lot of respect from the NBA about what they accomplished in that era. But, like, I, I keep saying this, and I stand by it. This is the best era of basketball in the game of basketball. Like, it, it's, it's getting better and better and better. And I know it's hard to compare what, what happened now due to volume of three-point shots that players are taking, but the ultimate skill level of the player today is exponentially greater than what it was 20 years ago. It's like that so in all we, sports. Yeah, so but that's, yeah, but that's going to be that way, though, Jay. Think about it. If, if, if they was asking you to jack up 50-footers, you would have been jacking them up. I, I was jacking up 50-footers, though. But if you played today, you know what you'd I'm be saying. a better three-point shooter even than you were <laughs> simply because no matter how many threes you took back then, you'd be taking more today, so you'd be better at them. 
if you know but shoot. the game the game evolved is different now that's what jay is saying but at the same time it ain't that those people's skill sets are any different it's just that the game was different if you if, if you can't sit here and tell me that byron scott couldn't pull the trigger if it was in this day and age and that's the way he was trained to do those things but and he each, worked at it, he would certainly be able to do it. But, Jay, it does. I agree with you that each player individually now is responsible for having a more well-rounded skill set, right, than they used mm-hmm. to. Even the, one of the reasons we're in a golden era of bigs is because these dudes have some guard skills. You mentioned A.D., Embiid, Jokic. Giannis, these are all seven-footers or damn near close to seven feet with but some guard not, skills, all but of that's, them. But the reason they got the guard skills is because of the, the way they're being taught today. It's just like anything. It's just like but, in football. When I played, I put up crazy numbers. But if I was playing today, they had to put me on layaway, man. You're talking about Devontae Adams getting ready to get $27 million a year. Yeah. You know, can you imagine with the, with the free and access and yep. running around and just letting you do what you want to do? And therefore, rather than talk about who's better, which I don't find usually helpful, I think talking about who's greater and including those guys on the list is useful. How do you because define who's greater? How you did against your contemporaries. And we can quibble about how much championships count versus how much MVP placement counts. For, but, but how you did against Fair. your contemporaries to me. And then you should judge. Like, you know, I do think Wilt Chamberlain gets a discount, right? Because he, who he was competing against. But he That's was so ridiculous. Fault. But he was so ridiculously good, even with a discount. He's going to be in the top ten all-time yes. players somewhere. But you even know what with saying? a discount, though, that's not his fault, though, man. Yeah, yeah, you can't punish. You him. can't hold it against him. You can't. Yeah. You cannot punish but, him yeah. because he was playing against dudes that look like us. Agreed. I mean, but like, but, because, but but when you only have two championships, as great as you were, and as many great teams as you played on, and Bill Russell's sitting on a billion, then people, you're not going to wind up number one. But anyway, the point is that. When we look at the list and we consider how each did in their own era, I agree. Dwight Howard should be on the list. James Harden, to me, should be on the list. He is perennially, during the regular season, an MVP candidate. Very few players ever can say that. I don't think Clay should be there. But he's Clay on the list, though, yet. right? Yeah. yeah but Clay I, well, should be there. Well, I, Clay, I, I, I think, how can Clay think, not be? Clay, 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 Clay gets slighted. Because of the greatness of Stephen Curry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also Kevin Durant. Absolutely. For two of Kane, those world it took some of right? his shine. So, but like Clay Thompson is probably the second best shooter the game of basketball has ever he's seen. He's up there. He's amazing. No, Clay he's not Thompson. Up there. I'm I'm making the claim. He is the second best shooter the game Behind of basketball Steph. has ever seen. Okay, Max. Like so, for me, with the way he defends, with exactly. the way he shoots the ball, with how he plays, and he was a huge part to that championship run before they had KD. Like Clay Thompson, I hear you. I hear you. Three shooters is is Steph, Clay, and Ray, depending on how you want to flip flop it. Yeah, and and by the way, guys like Reggie Miller are on the list, right? Although, but my point about Clay is simply this: when you look at this list, many or most of the players, I look at where they were perceived in their time. Like, where would you rank them? And Clay, while he's always among the best two guards in the league, is never under MVP let, let, consideration. Let, let, let me ask you a question, though. So, so I, you, but he probably does but, belong but, on the list. So yeah, I would here, say he here's does. the only problem I have when you rank it up upon your contemporaries, right? Yeah. So, like Wilt Chamberlain, like there was no player in the game of basketball that was seen other than when he you know played against Bill, like as Wilt, right? Yeah. But like when you look at the game now, like Joel Embiid, you yeah. think Joel Embiid's going to end up being on the top seventy-five list when it's all said and done? If he stays healthy. <laughs> 
You think Jokic is going to end up being if on the If he stays top? healthy. Yeah. Giannis is already on the list. Yeah. Katie's already on the list. Stephen Curry's already on the list. LeBron James is on the list. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can go through yeah, a Dame, lot of names that are playing Dame in today's game. is on the list. They're, they're, see, they're, their careers are still going. Who yes. are on, that's what I'm trying to tell you about what this era of basketball is right now. You have a lot of players who are on the list. But keep in mind that an era, can, like LeBron's been in the league damn near 20 years. So that so the NBA is, only, is, is, you know, when you look at since the merger, let's say, right, the modern NBA, we're only talking about, what is it now, 40-some-odd years? So LeBron's era, Jay, spans mm-hmm. like a third of the existence of the league, right? That's a big time span. Okay. I'm just trying to tell you, man. I mean, Russell Westbrook's on the list. Yeah. I can go through the names of the you players. You think well, yeah, Clay, Clay, be on Clay, the list. Clay, Clay might get on the list at some point. Yeah. And I think, you know what, you guys, uh, you're right. Like, uh, Clay has a good argument to be on the list. I understand why he wouldn't be on, based on he's never really considered an MVP caliber player, though there are others who because are on the, the list who are not also. Took his, the other people took his shine. Was, was Dame Lillard considered an MVP? He, or Dame, was it just conversations based on a hot streak? Dame Lillard was in MVP conversation several years. Yeah, several years he was like considered a top five MVP candidate. You even got CP3s on the list. I'm just trying to tell y'all, man, the names go. Yeah, but CP3 oh, yeah. supposed to be on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah he well, is. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm talking about basing upon your contemporaries to Max's argument yeah. key, right? Like yeah. I'm saying, the amount of contemporaries that are on this list that are playing in the game now. Yeah, it's bananas. What, 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 is, um, what about Westbrook, guys? On the one hand, recency bias will kill him because of how he's looked this year, and he never won no, a championship. He'll get, he'll get, he'll get on it. He, uh, to me, if for you sure average a triple-double in the NBA on teams with winning records for three consecutive years. There are, yeah. there are people on here that didn't win championships. Yeah, of course. Bubba Chuck is on here. Now, Bubba Chuck, you can't argue with. He won the MVP. You can't argue with, and he led his team to an NBA final, but he didn't win a championship. Mm-hmm. Who do you who do you think Jay when you look and you go other than Dwight Howard, Clay Thompson? Do you see yeah, anyone I, on that list? You go. Mm. I, I no no I, I well I mean I, I don't I don't want to do that because I think that goes down an <laughs> interesting road uh, for me because I have the ultimate level of respect for all these athletes that made this list according to the league. But I I, I see Kevin Durant at number twelve, and I'm like oh okay. Uh, KD's got, KD might end up top five. Before no doubt. And done. but by the way, here's a perfect example of better or greater. Him, Jay, KD's. Yep. Better than almost anyone, right? Now he's got to prove his greatness. That's one of the great things about him going to Brooklyn and leaving the comfort uh, of a team that basically couldn't lose to say, no, I'm going to try this. He's got guts, right? And, and I agree. He, and when all is said and done, KD is going to be way, way up there. By the way, 12 is pretty good while you're still, is incredible. While you're still, still playing. While you're still playing. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Give me 75. Insurance. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> Give me top 100, Key. I'm great. <laughs> well, let's talk college, Jay. You're... I got that. Uh, oh, okay. All right, little Bobby. No, I, I, I want the next level. Where, where, where would you rank among all-time great college basketball players? He's right He's right behind Bobby Hurley. <laughs> I mean, back-to-back, two-player of the year. Uh, is today Stop the smiling, most Jay. important day in the entire offseason for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? That's next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Say play... ESPN on your smart speakers. We pop up. Download the podcast. Jeremy Fowler giving the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Did I mention you could hear us on the ESPN app? One app, one tap, Jeremy. Very well Uh, done. Yes, yes. So, Jeremy, uh, what are your expectations for today with the tag period opening in the NFL? My expectations are it's going to be crickets. I mean, it's the first day. They have until March 8th. (laughs) Teams typically wait. You know, sometimes they wait four days. Sometimes they wait ten days. Uh, Devontae Adams, I do expect to be franchise tagged, uh, largely with or without Aaron Rodgers. It's just he's a player you don't let leave the building. Um, you know, I haven't been told that in, like, concrete terms yet, but I, I'm told that that's the logical decision uh, that the Packers will likely come to at this point. So he'll headline it. A lot of guys will be tagged. I, I don't know if it'll be a huge number, but I'm, I'm expecting anywhere from, you know, probably six to eight guys. Jeremy, what do you make of uh, Aaron Rodgers' IG post, the, the hashtag Monday Night Gratitude? <laughs> Man, I, I, I'm not even going to begin to try to decipher that. Like, it, it, I don't even know if the Packers can decipher that. I, I don't even know. Did it sound like hello or goodbye? Both. I mean, it, I would say there, there, there were undertones of a goodbye, right? Like, I would lean toward a goodbye. Uh, I know the Packers are not taking retirement off the table. Like Rodgers has said, all options are on the table. They believe him. Um, they're not sleeping on the retirement part of it. But uh, they, they still remain confident that he's going to play there next year, but they simply don't know to the point where they're sort of waiting on, like, the Pat McAfee show or wherever he's going to deliver this. He might, not even, he might not call them. He might say it on his own publicly. Man, he ain't retiring, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't believe that to retire. When you, when you retire, you don't, have, you don't linger out there. You do what Brady did. You do what I did. You retire. Yeah. You don't sit around and ponder it and play with it and sit around and you don't do it. You're like, oh, I'm retiring. I'm done. You don't. You, you, how many? You've been covering this stuff for a long time, Jeremy. Yeah. How many times have you seen people mess around with it all off season and then go, okay, I'm gonna retire? No, nah, no, no, not at all. I think Aaron Rodgers is just sending a message yeah. to for whatever reason. I think based on what I read through it and I. Uh, read it and, and listened to it, I think the dude is saying goodbye to Green Bay. I just do. Yeah. I think he is this time around. See, see, Key, he, I'm with you, but he just waited four months last offseason where we were just talking about it every day, wondering what he's going to do. So he but has see, a history of drawing this out. But see, last offseason, Jeremy was different. Yeah. He was pissed. He was, he was mad. You know, it was like a, I'm going to show them. And, and he never said he wasn't going to play. Right. He never said he. All he said was, "I don't know what I'm gonna do," and he was mad at the same time. I think this is different this time around. So, um, you mentioned earlier in the show, Key, 
uh-huh. that, or someone mentioned earlier in the show, that of all the people mentioned, Guttenkunst, who was apparently part of the big issue last offseason and where things appeared to get better this year, right? He was conspicuously absent. Evan, did I miss his name or was he actually left off of hashtag Monday Night Gratitude? I think he was left off. I think, yeah, I think, yeah. But how many Read it multiple you- times, did not see his name anywhere in there. Yeah. He so, was in the speech at NFL Honors, though. He was. He was. So, uh, there's a little love there. Not Maybe not in this letter, but I, I feel yeah. like they, their relationship has perked up a little and bit. And a lot of times you don't even mention the front office people mm. when you talk. You know what I'm saying? Like when mm-hmm. you – very rarely do you hear people mention the front office. They mention coaches, players, ex-players, current players, even to a point you might mention a writer that you, that you dealt with for a long time. Jeremy, yep. um, you wrote on ESPN.com about four quarterbacks looking at another shot to be starters this offseason. Mitch Trubisky, yeah. who is a name that Key brings up all the time. Jameis Winston, yep. who looked good before he got hurt. Yeah, I stood corrected on Jameis Winston. I'm like, ah, I don't know, all those interceptions. He looked pretty good. He did. Marcus Mariota, yeah. who was once highly enough thought of that mm-hmm. he went right after Jameis. Yep. And Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Steady Teddy, who, yeah. who uh, you know, I was expecting a little bit more from, to be honest, in his last two stops. Yeah. Let me start with you. Key, you see any of those guys as starting quarterbacks? I do. Mitch Trubisky. Um, Boom. Certainly, you know, I've always – now, I wouldn't have taken him too, but I certainly would have taken him in the first round. Um, in fact, here's one, and you guys will probably run out of the studio when I, when I throw this one at you. So when you look at his ability, he got a big arm. He can he can do everything that Josh Allen can do, except he wasn't in Buffalo before Josh Allen. Therefore, he couldn't be with Brian Dable to get the four years of Brian Dable. Josh Allen benefited from that. He was stuck with Matt Nagy. And I said this to Evan. I said, as crazy as it might sound, if you really are watching him and doing your due diligence and really knowing what you see, the New York Jets should have signed him last year and traded the number two pick because he's he's better than Zach Wilson. If you really believe in your offensive coordinator and your offensive coordinator is the guy who can get something done, he should be able to coach up Mitch Trubisky because Brian Dable – had him looking good in the preseason. And now I know it's only the preseason, but he had him looking good. And I'm sure they saw that in training camp. I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants signed him, though, know, Jeremy. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, is that Brian Dable connection? Dable likes him a lot. So, yeah, Key, I just did a story on ESPN Plus, and I caught up with Josh Allen, Jordan Poyer, some, you know, Brandon Bean, the GM at Buffalo. Like, they all believe he's going to get a chance. Uh, Jordan Poyer said 1,000% he's an NFL starter. Like, like they are effusive in their praise of him. He looked great. Uh, you know, I know it's just scout team practices and things like that, but he was overqualified for that job. Um, they, they believe that Josh Allen will have rubbed off on him by being able to trust his instincts and athleticism the way Allen does and the way Buffalo emboldens him to do so, yeah. uh, that it's okay to make mistakes. I, I think he was playing pretty rigid in Chicago, so uh, if he gets a second chance, I, I do think he's going to let it fly a little bit, and, and I expect there are enough jobs, musical chairs-wise, for him to get one. Yeah, the interesting thing about Trubisky is the first thing I noticed about him is he's outrunning linebackers in the NFL, right? He's f- genuinely fast, he fast, right? Yeah, four, six, and yeah, then yeah. you look at the win-loss record for a team that without him won any good, 
and it's pretty good. Yeah. So he is he is a candidate. He went to the key, playoffs twice. Yeah, right. You you talk about key guys who could be reclamation projects that actually work out, right? right? And he certainly is high up on the list, especially I think he was plagued by comparisons to quarterbacks better than him who went after him, right, right. obviously. And then also didn't have, as you guys mentioned, Dable, who if you look at Josh Allen, who has a better arm than Trubisky. I mean, Trubisky has an arm, but Josh Allen's Josh arm Allen's is ridiculous. A level, yeah. But still, every year it was best-case scenario for Josh Allen's development. If he's in New York, maybe that's where Trubisky winds up. Do, do you expect Tom Brady to come back, Jeremy? I don't. Uh, I, I think uh, the wife and the family are like, look, it's time. He had that in his body language. Um, you know, I, I talked to somebody recently who knows Brady pretty well who doesn't think he's going to come back for those reasons. But guys get the itch, man, especially when you're good and you just led the league in passing and you, you could have made a case you should have won MVP. Like, it's hard to leave, you know. Um, Michael Strahan, other guys, like there are a list of guys who, like, thought about coming back, would have come back, like, we're ready to play again. You know, it's just – it's hard. Brett Favre, it's hard to walk away. So, because of that, I could see the itch coming back. But it's – I know the Bucks are hoping for that. Like, they don't want to say anything disparaging about Tom Brady with all these rumors of a riff of Bruce Arians and all that, which I don't necessarily buy. But, you know, they want him to come back. So they're trying to, you know, be in his good graces over the next six months for sure. Age 44, went to the Super Bowl, played more football than anyone else. 17-game season, led the league in passing, yeah. in attempts, yards, touchdowns. Crazy. The waiting is the hardest part for the Packers. And one entire sport. Thank you, Jeremy. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg. And ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Jesse Rogers, ESPN Major League Baseball reporter with us now. Good morning. Good morning to you guys. What's the latest from Jupiter, Florida on the MLB lockout, Jesse? It's going to be a long week. That's the latest. Uh, they did meet for over five hours yesterday. A lot of people took that as a good sign, and it was, especially for a first day and that's kind of the way I'm looking at this, and a lot of people are. This is kind of day one, even though we've been in a lockout since December 1st. 
both sides. I think it's a good thing they got out of New York. Both sides down here, not, not going home to their kids, can't go back to their office. They're meeting at Roger Dean Stadium where the Marlins and Cardinals train. So it's a good thing they're in there for five hours. They have nothing else to do, right? Uh, but they didn't make a lot of progress on the core economic issues. And I think the deadline, whatever that day is, is really sort of the D-Day for this thing. Is that going to be Sunday? Is that going to be Monday? Are we going to flip the calendar? So if we get incremental increases here in these first few days, I can live with that. The dialogue was good inside the room, I'm told, yesterday. So the conversations are happening. The um, league offered a little bit more money on this pre-arbitration pool, but we have not had that big breakthrough. If it happens, guys, it's probably going to happen later in the week. So with that incremental movement, what's next on the agenda as it relates to like the next thing item that has to get accomplished? Yeah, I think the union's going to respond to a few things today. I mean, the next items that need to be accomplished is, is kind of like someone needs to make a move on, on, the, on a big issue. Is the union going to say, okay, let's come off this big tax threshold that we've offered up at $245 million, but we'll come down from that. Um, or is the league, is it, on the, is it incumbent on the league to make that first move and say, okay, we'll come up from our uh, lower figure of around 214 to $220 million on that number? You know, someone has to, it's almost like a game of chicken, and someone has to make that first move here. Um, but I do think it's kind of the union's turn to to address a couple things, maybe CBT, although I think they're reluctant to do that. Um, I, 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 but I can't tell you who's going to blink first, who's going to make that first move. Uh, I think the union expects it to be the league. The league is adamant that it's the union's turn, and that's kind of why we're in a little bit of a stalemate. Jesse Rogers, ESPN, Major League Baseball reporter, reporting on Major League Baseball lockout from Jupiter, Florida, joins us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So, Jesse, I want you to take your crystal ball, and I want you to rub it really good and tell me the future. When does this get done, and will the season start on time? I'm still sticking to the season starting on time. I think if that's the case, this will get done this Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, or Wednesday, I, that, that's the problem. It's a moving target with, um, with, 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 the, with the date of the agreement because spring training can, you know, you can fudge a date on how do they need four full weeks, do they need three and a half weeks. Like, you can make it work. Even under three weeks, you could make it work. So I can't give you the specific date that an agreement will come together. I think it will be at the 11th hour, whenever that is. I do think they'll they'll make it to, to opening day, but I'm I'm in a I'm in a 55-45 sort of split, so it, I could easily be wrong. I think worst case scenario is missing the first month of the season. Um, best case is you get to opening day, and the answer could lie somewhere in between. Uh, I don't know when someone gets serious when, when one of these big moves is made uh, by either side in terms of the tax threshold or the minimum salary, for example. If the league says, okay, we'll give you 700000 minimum salary, they're getting serious. If the union says, you know what, we're not going to force a change in the revenue-sharing system, I'll feel like they're getting serious. Neither side has come close to making a game-changing move. So I do think it'll be a long week, but I think Saturday, Sunday, Monday, something big could happen. If I'm wrong, 
then we're stuck here for a little bit here. Mm, Who caves in first, though? I think it's probably going to be the union a little bit on 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 two things. On on they're they're tr- they're asking to change the revenue sharing system, meaning the big clubs giving money to the small clubs. I don't think they have a chance in hell of, of making that happen. I just don't. The owners have to vote on that. Um, they only need eight owners to block something like that. There's plenty of small market teams that will say no. I don't think the union is going to get that. So if they give in on that, the league might give them something somewhere else. If they give in on, on some of the arbitration changes they want that I don't think they're going to get, the league will give them something else. So I think they're using a couple issues they're probably not going to win on as leverage to get something somewhere else. And it's probably a winning strategy by the union. So I think that's how this might go. But the league could easily just say, okay, we will raise the minimum if you drop the revenue sharing, and it could work that way as well. So either side can make that big gesture, mm-hmm. and we may have a breakthrough. Jesse, we got about a minute left, but The Athletic reported that the MLB withdrew its request of the union to control and potentially reduce minor league roster spots. How big of a deal point is that in getting this thing done? Well, I think they need to just take it off the table. I don't think it's it was the deciding factor, but I think they need to take off the table anything that's too dramatic, too kind of out there, and that was a very dramatic ask because it was attached also to limiting the amount of times a player can go up and down from the minors within a year. That's always been sort of un, that, that has been unlimited. The the union's asking to limit that. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, the union's asking to limit that. The league's like, well, you look. We won't ask for this dramatic uh, request to to um, to change the amount of players can be in your minor league system, but we're also not going to limit the amount of times the the a player can go up from up and down from the minors. It was kind of a dramatic thing that they took off the table. So I don't know if it would be the difference maker, but it was important to just sort of get rid of that. Jesse Rogers, ladies and gentlemen, Jesse, thanks for joining us this morning. All right, Jesse, you got it. Take care, guys. Bye, boss. You know, you just wonder how aware baseball is, both the players and the owners, of how marginalized baseball has become culturally in the American landscape. It used to be front and center, and it is not any – it's a strictly local sport. Still doesn't mean the players need to acquiesce on the demands of No, it doesn't, but you do notice the owners getting more leverage in these last rounds of of CBA. Why Aaron Rodgers – may not be the only former MVP changing teams. That's what's coming up next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.